0: 2 Corinthians three, twelve. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites may not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. This podcast exists as a cry from the heart that no matter what you are going through, the best of times, the worst of times, and all the chaos in between, no matter what you are going through, that we were created with such a far greater plan and purpose than anything this world can offer. And in the chaos, even though our first knee-jerk reaction is to want to run away from and numb ourselves from the uncomfortability and the pain and the hurt, we can lean into the chaos. And find a color in the chaos when we stop trying to do it on our own. But again, if this is your first time, welcome. If you've been here for a while and you've been enjoying the content here at Color in Chaos, feel free to like and subscribe regardless of whatever platform you're on. There's usually something that you can do in order to uh, ensure that you can stay up to date with all the episodes that we have going on. And so, yeah, I would love to pray for you and then we will jump into today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for this moment that we have here together. Lord, I don't know what's going on in those that are listening or watching this podcast. Lord, there's people that I may have met. There's people that I may have never met before. But Lord, I know even though if I don't know the person that is coming to this podcast, Lord, you do. And you care so much about every different thing going on in their life, going on in their mind, going on in their heart. Lord, over and over and over again, there's plenty of passages in your word that talk about how you care about even the little details of our life. You care about the number of hairs on our head. You know our thoughts from afar. And Lord, you care about every anxious thought. So Lord, we want to bring all that to you. Please help our walls go down. Help us be able to be responsive to you. Lord, I pray for those today that are just feeling exhausted. They feel like they are crying out, but they are not getting anything back. They feel like they maybe are seeking after you with everything and there's just like an empty void that meets them. Lord, I pray that you overwhelm and overcome whatever it is that is overwhelming and overcoming those that are watching or listening this today. Lord, even within my own heart, Lord, help me be able to respond to you. Lord, purify our hearts so that we can be able like transparent glass to see you and you alone and to be fixated on you so that nothing else can drown, drown you out. We need you and we look to you, and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Have you ever sat in a church service or listened to the Bible being read or even tried to read the Bible yourself, and it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It's confusing. If anything, you walk away sometimes more frustrated than when you came in. I know for me growing up, there would be many times where I would go home from church, I was inspired by the message or inspired by something that happened or a conversation. I would go home and I would crack open my Bible. Usually it was in a translation that I didn't necessarily understand, but I thought that it was more spiritual. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read this even though it's like old English and I don't really know what it's saying. But, you know, the church service said, if I come to the Lord that he'll reveal himself. So there were so many times that I remember going home, sitting down, cracking open the Bible, and usually I would start at the very beginning. I'll start in Genesis and try to read through just like a regular book, and many times I would kind of get lost later on in Genesis, usually not too far, kind of like in the middle of Genesis. i would get lost, and I wouldn't really know what I was reading, and it would start to be a little more frustrating because there's like all these names and all these genealogies and all these like random things going on. And, and I just didn't really understand the big picture. I didn't understand the purpose of it all. That was pretty much my whole childhood was kind of going to the Bible or going to a church service and not really knowing what was being said, not really knowing the, the purpose, the, the meat, you know, what, what does this have to do with me? And I remember feeling in that moment that, okay, well, maybe all that the Bible is or all that church is, is just something to make us feel better about ourselves. So I started to kind of view church and view the Bible and even view Jesus as some type of kind of medicine, some type of like coping mechanism, uh, some type of band-aid to kind of like put a patch on the hurt or the guilt that we as people feel. And for 17 years of my life, that was what I thought of the Lord. I thought of the Bible. I thought of everything that had to do with him. And I had a lot of head knowledge about Jesus. I grew up in South Carolina, what's referred to as the Bible Belt. And what that means is that there's a lot of exposure to the Bible it's kind of rooted within the culture, rooted within the, the different laws and the systems and, and even the different, you know, struggles that have happened. A lot of the struggles that have happened, especially down south, people over time have used the Bible as justification for those struggles or for those different things that were once allowed. And that was what I grew up in. I grew up with a lot of exposure, but it didn't do anything to my heart. I I had a lot of information, but it didn't lead to a transformation within me. And I remember that it was almost like I would go to church and just feel like I had to go through the motions in order to make it through. I can't recall a time where regardless of whatever the service was regardless of whatever was talked about regardless even if I raised my hand saying hey yeah I I know that what you're talking about is me and or raised my hand of yeah I want to receive Jesus regardless of what happened at church I can't recall a time within those 17 years where I went home and felt a difference and that transition of the car to home It just seemed like all of the seeds that were planted within me during that, you know, two-hour block or one-hour block, whatever it was, however long we went to church, it was just like, with however fast the car was driving, it was like those seeds, just we were just like going with the wind, and by the time I would get home, I would be so preoccupied by whatever I wanted to do before school on Monday and I know that I'm not alone in feeling this. And it's such a miserable feeling at times because you hear so many people talk about the fullness of God. You hear so many people talk about Jesus and you hear stories of how Jesus has impacted their heart and changed their life. But it's almost like there's this veil that is just covering your, your, your heart and your mind from truly experiencing that. And I know for me, I had the personality, especially growing up, that I would blame myself if I if I couldn't obtain something. And when it came to Jesus, I would start to be like, oh man, you know, what is wrong with me? I remember this one time that there's this good friend that I had, and, and I still have. She was kind of like a mentor to me when I came to Jesus, but I had drama class with her in high school. And I remember going into class and very often she would be sitting there with a devotional book and and her Bible and a journal, and she would be just having some like quiet time with the Lord. And I couldn't understand why somebody would want to do that. You know, we're at school, you know, we have this like little window of like 10 minutes in between classes of just, you know, kind of hanging out and socializing. Like, why would you want to spend that time reading an archaic book that doesn't even make sense? And I remember looking at her and I envied what she had. I wanted what she had. She had this just confidence and this fullness and and there was this love that that came from her. Like she was she was a pleasant person to be around. Like her time in the Bible didn't produce any type of like you know tension within her towards others or any um you know judgment or anything her time in the bible she walked away from it and i saw the fruit of it i saw that oh my goodness like there's something different about her and i remember that was the word that kept coming up in my mind different 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 and i remember looking at her and there's like this this i didn't even know it was a prayer but there was this like silent murmur in my heart and I was just like, man, what does she have that I don't have? Like, why can't I have what she has? Why don't I have that that zeal and that passion and relationship? And all these words I wasn't I didn't really have at the time. But now looking back, these were kind of the words I was saying. I was like, Well, you know, what what does she have that I don't have? And I was envying that. I was like, I want what she has. I want for there to be something real there. But then I remember right there, it's almost like a flash. As soon as I had that thought. I just had this other thought that came up and said, okay, Jonah, you, you'll never have that. You'll never have that. Like only some people can have that, but but not you. That's not you. And I remember walking away from those moments whenever I would have this conflicting kind of conversation within my heart. And I would believe the, the voice that came last. And that voice was always like, Jonah, that's, that can't be you. That can't be you. That's, that's, there's those Jesus freaks, those those people that are just crazy or weird, but that will never be you. And I remember for 17 years of my life, I believed that lie. But there was a moment when I asked Jesus, like, look, take my life. Like, I'm yours. I want all that you are, and I give all that I am, all little that I am, literally little. I'm, I'm very short, but not just very short. But like, you know, I, I just, I remember coming to the Lord with my nothing and receiving his everything. And the thing that I think about very often is just like, God, what does it take? What does it take for that veil to be removed? Because my heart breaks for those that just go to church on Sunday or hear the word or they're exposed to so many like half empty truths in their life and they're just so confusing and convoluted of like, okay, who is Jesus and what does he have to do with me? Like, why is there people that claim Jesus is like really big deal, but to me, I can't really see that. My heart breaks for that because I know that was me. There's no difference between how those people are feeling or maybe how you are feeling and how I once felt. But there's so much more than just walking away saying, okay, well, I guess that that would never be me. I don't want for you to believe the lie that I believed for so long when I looked at my friend that was there just reading the Bible and having a a passion and a zeal and and a life that was found. I don't want for you to walk away and miss Jesus. And there's some verses that kind of go on this whole idea of the veil, this veil that kind of covers our heart and mind from truly embracing all that Christ is and the, the freedom and the newness of life that he offers. Specifically this one, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. This is what Paul writes to the church. He says this, "'Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord.'" except by the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except through the Holy Spirit. I'm very grateful for this passage because it reminds me that the only way that we can experience Jesus is through the Spirit of God at work within our hearts. And I know whenever I would hear that for those 17 years of my life about the, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, I would always just kind of walk away just like, huh, that's kind of a weird idea. You know, there's like this spirit that is of God and, and is God and the spirit is at work. Like, you know, how how do we know where the spirit of God is? You know, how do we receive the spirit of God? And I would always be so confused But in order to understand the Spirit of God, I have to look at the Scripture to to help explain, okay, what is the Spirit of God, and what does this have to do with me? When God promised the Israelites the, the promised land, many of us know what the promised land is, Israel, then he also said, look, before you get into the promised land, you need to know who I am, because if you don't know who I am, then your hearts are going to reject me when you get into the promised land. And the Lord was telling the Israelites, look, I care so much more about your heart than your comfort. And one of the things that the Lord told the Israelites was, look, okay, there's going to be certain laws that you're going to follow in order for you, for one, to prosper in the land that you are going and just prosper in general, but for two, for you to know me and to know that I am a holy God, that I am righteousness and justice and I am everything that you are not. And so in order for you to experience me, I need for you to, to follow these instructions that I'm gonna give you in order for you to know that I am God and that I'm the only God, I'm the only one worth following. The Israelites came from Egypt and Egypt had many, 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 many different idols and gods and all this other stuff. And they go from that atmosphere to going into a desert and there's just one God, just one. And I I empathize with the Israelites because I know that they were just saying, like, man, this is crazy. And I know that that was a struggle to give up the past gods that they once had. I know for me, for 17 years, I had so many gods. I had, you know, a relationship that was basically my god. my heart confided in and find comfort in her and her alone. I know my parents were like gods to me. My siblings were like a god to me. You know, um, video games or technology was like a god to me. There's so many gods that I have. So I empathize with the Israelites going into this strange land, being led by this, this creator, their creator, and they're just like, oh my gosh, my heart is so conflicted. But there's one thing that the Lord told the Israelites. He said, look, I'm going to dwell in a place called the Holy of Holies, and within this place, I want for you to put up a veil to separate the Holy of Holies from you, because look, I am righteousness, I am purity, I, you know, I am holiness, and you are not, and I can't be in your presence as you are not holy. And this is what God told the Israelites in Exodus chapter 26, 33, this is what he says, and you should hang the veil from the collapse and bring the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, within the veil. So the Ark of the Covenant was Moses' staff, Samana, and some other things that was in this, like, box. And the Lord was saying, look, I'm going to dwell within this box, and I want for this box to be in the Holy of Holies. And what to separate that, my presence, from you is a veil. So we see this idea of the Lord dwelling among us. And when we get to the New Testament, when we get to thousands of years later, we see that the plan of God all along was not for him to dwell separated from us, but for him to be able to be with us, God with us. And that's what the word Emmanuel means, God with us. And we see from Genesis all the way to the time of Jesus We see that God's plan was always to make right what we made wrong. God created us and he gave us our identity. But we see in Genesis chapter 3 that that identity was split because instead of accepting who God said we were, we wanted to define who we were. And we rebelled against the very God that created us. And we see from Genesis all the way to the time of Christ, God constantly pursuing after our heart. Constantly saying, look, you cannot fix what is broken, but I can. And there's many times in the Old Testament that that the men and women understood that God's salvation comes from you. You are the only one that can reconcile this distance, this veil that is split between you and me. You are the only one that can reconcile us and our heart back to you and your heart. And we see it many, many, many times. We see, for instance, David, King David. Even though David, again, a person that is on full display of all of his brokenness and unrighteousness and all of his sin, we see that David, he understood time and time and time again. He said, God, it is only you, it is only you that can reconcile and to make right what I've made wrong. God's heart was always to reconcile that veil, that 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 split, that, that, that hostility between him and us. And that hostility can only be fixed through him and him alone. That we could not fix that. Our good deeds could not fix that veil that separated us, unholiness, from the Holy of Holies, God's presence. And we see that time and time again, he said, Look, I will be with you, Emmanuel, God with us. Through Jesus, we are not separated. From God, but we can have a reconciled relationship. But it takes surrender to Jesus. It takes accepting the gift of salvation that Jesus offers. He lived the life that we could live. He died the death that we deserve. And he overcame the grave in order for us to overcome death and decay as well. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus, because he did not sin, he overcame death. And so that we can say, Lord, I know that I can't overcome my sin, so I'm looking to you, my life, my sin, my brokenness, my past, my present, my future is yours. I'm laying myself down. I can't give a gift worthy enough of the gift that you have given me. So I'm offering myself. When we die to ourselves and become alive in Jesus, we receive the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit. And like Paul said in Corinthians, he said, look, that we cannot even call him Lord without the same Spirit that rose him from the dead. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so the question is, okay, how do we receive the Spirit? We receive the Spirit through Jesus There's a passage in Hebrews 10 verse 19 that reconciles this whole idea of the holy of holies and the veil and everything. And it says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have a confidence now to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. The author of Hebrews is saying there is a confidence that we can approach God and have a reconciled relationship with God through Jesus, that through Jesus, all of your sin and my sin, all of our brokenness, all of the times that we looked at our God who created us, who, who's our creator, savior, sustained, all the times we looked and we were blasphemous with our heart, with our mind, with our actions, every single time that we took the breath that God gave us and said, no, it is my breath. But it's only when we come to Jesus on his terms that that veil is removed. At 17, I had to get to a spot where I said, look, Lord, my life is not my life, it's yours. And I don't want to just know about you, I want to know you. There was a reckoning that had to happen within my heart, within my mind, and within my life between me and my Creator. And likewise, it's the same thing with you. That if you feel like, look, I, I, I don't have that fullness of life that the Scripture talks about. I know about Jesus, but that doesn't set me free. The Word says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I don't feel that freedom. I don't feel that joy that goes beyond my external circumstances. But if anything, I feel enslaved to my emotions. I feel enslaved to my environment. I feel enslaved to all the different external circumstances that are going on in my life. If that is you, if you're saying, look, I want that freedom. I want that veil, whatever it is that is blocking me from all that God is. I I want it gone. If that's you, the way that that is gone is through a posture of humility and brokenness saying, God, I respond. I respond, today is the day that you have made. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm responding, saying that, look, Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I'm begging, God, I want your spirit. I want the same spirit that rose you from the dead to rise me from the dead. And I don't want it just to be, you know, just this one moment, Lord. I want to know you for the rest of my life. I want for there to be an intimacy that nothing can separate not my sins, not other people's sins. Nothing can separate that intimacy that, that that is offered between me and you. That veil can be removed through the blood of Jesus, just like Hebrews 10 verse 19 says. Through the blood of Jesus, we are reconciled back to the heart of our God. You are loved. I am loved. We are loved so much. But we cannot experience that love if we do not come to him on his terms. Just like that passage we read at the very beginning, 2 Corinthians, verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites may not gaze on the outcome of what was being brought to an end, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, all of the law, for to this day, when the Old Covenant, whenever it is read, the veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of God. Heavy heart, if you have this veil and you're saying, I want it removed, go to Jesus, turn to Jesus, turn to Jesus. And you might be like, how do I turn to Jesus? Just be honest, say, Lord, this is who I am. And I want all that you are. (laughs) I'm coming to you on your terms, Lord. Help me. Help me know who you are. Put a fire within my heart that I don't want to go back to living a life apart from you, but I want for my life always to be around you. I want for who I am to be defined by who you are. Just turn to the Lord. You can do that today. You can do that in your heart, in your mind right now. I know for me, when I responded to the Lord, my whole body responded. I remember being on my knees and with weeping, just saying, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I don't want to leave this floor. The same man that fell on this floor right now. I want to be new. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Nicodemus is saying, you know, how, how do I experience you? How do I accept you? And Jesus said, you can't accept me unless you are born again. And Nicodemus was saying, how am I born again? Do I crawl back in my mother's womb? And Jesus saying, no, what you can't do on your own, the Lord can do, the spirit can do. It's never been about our own ability, but it's always been about our God that could do what we can't do but may our hearts respond to him today. May we not delay. May we not just keep going on with this veil, going through the motions, but may we respond to the Lord today. There is a plan and purpose for your life and my life that goes far beyond anything this world can offer and that is only found through Jesus. And the same thing that is promised in 2 Corinthians 18. And we all with unveiled face through Jesus, behold the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, from death to death. Every single day after we respond to Christ, the Spirit of the Lord is working within our lives and heart and chiseling away the things that are not of Him. And through the Word of God, we're able to understand the will of our God and also the heart of our God and also to understand our need. Through the Word, through the Bible, we know who the Lord is and we respond to all that He is. We have an opportunity today to do that. A good friend of mine sent me this, this video, and it was two, two women. They're part of a ministry called Barn 45, and it's a, a in-person and Facebook ministry here in Michigan. And these two ladies were just talking about the Lord and just talking about how like there was once a time where they were just so clouded. And they couldn't really experience the lord it was just like nothing was making sense and i wanted to play this clip that they were sharing in a bible study recently of them just talking about this this freedom this veil being removed and the same thing that they talk about you and us we can experience that
1: it's because of the winds it's because of the rain it's because of the circumstances that we are now able to allow jesus and to hear jesus re-speak what used to be boring, mundane, normality of life type of words, and now they're active and they're powerful and they're potent because of the winds because of the circumstances, the very things that we want to uh, have gone. We're praying, Lord, just take them away. This whole entire life that we are here on planet Earth is to know our Father, to know his witness, to know his character, to be able to fulfill confidently Mm -hmm. and courageously and boldly the calling that he's commissioned us to do. And if if, if we're constantly avoiding anything that's going to strengthen us, anything that's going to equip us, anything that's going to be able to make us more solely dependent upon him, we've lost our way
0: right if we're constantly
1: trying to avoid the the negative circumstances of life there's something about a a syllable
2: i don't want to miss today like we miss so much of his miracles we're so busy we don't even drink water we get to coffee because why we want alert so we can get on with the day and he's like you're missing my water you're missing me y'all and so I'm telling you, today is the day. Get a Bible in your hand. It is about the connectedness of God, the connectedness of Jesus Christ, the connectedness of the Holy Spirit, where the world isn't. It's, it's just the opposite. And we don't want to read this Bible because fill in the blank. And I'm telling you today, above all days and all my nervousness, I'm telling you, get in the word it will save your life i can't express it what he's done for me like the closeness it's real because he's so real yes and what he showed me today was this little something this little something in james 3 8 that y'all we've been working out at the gym and now i'm like look at this bicep it's so real look at this six pack it's so real look at this Uh strength look at how god doesn't want us going one more day with that thing With that stronghold, with that misunderstanding, with that misinterpretation, do you understand that you are missing miracles and blessings because you're so stuck in your own perspective? You're so stuck in moving on to the next big good thing, getting that promotion or or even just being that great parent, and you're so consumed with parenting, and you've etched him right out of your day. And he's like, maybe just do one thing and and stop doing this for a half an hour. Stop doing this for four hours. You don't even realize how long you're on this. But then you tell me you don't have time for this. It's a lie. It's a lie. It is killing us. For COVID is a horrible disease, but, don't have time for him is the biggest disease. We're missing out on miracles and signs and wonders and truth, not to spread into the world, but to heal our heart. We're missing y'all. If we're not in the word, we are missing stuff that he wants to say with his breath to us. This nugget wasn't just a devotional for the night. It was something he knew would bless me if if I pay attention
1: to his majesty. And we're missing it. God never told us this is going to be easy. But, but Tara, as you know, and everyone that's on here, I'm praying that you all have recognized as well. It is so worth the journey it is so worth the journey it's beyond our comprehension that's what that's why the word is so imperative not only because it's supernatural and it and it heals us from the inside out and we get to know his character in it but we get to learn the stories of those who lived generations thousands of years before us how they fought the fight well yeah. Right. They fought it well. And because of them, because of their bravery, because of their courage, because of their faith, because of them being willing to be told that they're weird and they're odd and they're abnormal by those around them. And they stayed the course. They did it anyway. They sought God's voice in everything. We've got to get back into that intimacy with our father again. And that's where we get the healing. That's where we get restored. That's where we have a, a passion how close and how with us that we just fall to our knees and start weeping like you did because he is so tangible he is so real he is real with us yeah and that's where the enemy works over time to to do what it is that you just what you just said what you've been saying since the minute that we started talking this morning the enemy Mm -hmm. hasn't stopped just flapping Mm -hmm. his ridiculous mouth together (laughs) right and it's just like enough
0: There's a quote from an artist, his name is Ben Christ, and he's a part of a band called The Glorious Unseen. And he said this, I wrote this down, and it goes with everything that we've just talked about, everything you just heard. In the absence of pain, it's just life as usual. We can fascinate ourselves with whatever it is that we are doing, our money, our influence, our social group, our relationships, our music, whatever it is. And it's when we hit that place of pain to where we really need to ask those questions. It's an opportunity for us to really go deep with God. I've been really looking at the passage in Isaiah 55, which says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. And I think that in times in the context of pain, that is the place where he can be found. It's a really special place, but we have to respond the pain either drives us to further destruction or medication or whatever ways that is or it can drive us to the heart of god because he is always wanting to restore us he's wanting to give full restoration to our hearts he's wanting us to come alive in order for us to experience the superior pleasures that are from him we're always looking at our inferior pleasures the stuff that we know that we can access in our microwave generation In 60 seconds, I can get whatever I want. And there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says this. Our desires are not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by an offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Heavy heart. May today we not be so far too easily pleased, but may we say, look, Lord, I don't want to be that child just making mud pies, saying that this is what life is about, but I want to respond to you. I want to experience the life that you have created and the life that you have planned for me, the life that is only found through you, Jesus. Heavy heart, if you feel like me in that moment, looking at that friend saying, you know, I want what you have. I want what you have. May you not believe the lie that I believed in that moment. That lie of saying, well, they have it, but I can't have it. No, you can have it today. You can have it today. And it's by nothing else but a heart surrender to Jesus. But responding to Jesus, I am firmly convinced in that moment where I was having that inner dialogue, that the Lord, the Spirit of God was piercing my heart, trying to tug at my heart, saying, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. There's more, there's more, there's more. Want the things that are more. Don't settle for the mud pies. Don't settle for the shallow life that you are living. But this woman, this she, she's experienced me. Lord, Jonah, look, I'm talking to you. You can experience me as well. Respond, respond, respond. And heavy heart, that is what the Lord is saying to you and to me today, respond, respond. Every breath is an opportunity to respond. Every day is an opportunity to respond. And if we spend our days pushing our God away, then we are choosing a life apart from him. And the Bible says that if we die in our sin, that we will get exactly what we wanted, a life apart from him. And the Bible talks about a literal hell, a literal heaven and a literal hell. Hell is the absence of God. And we can't fathom what it feels like to be in the absence of God. We have little shadows you know, some of you may be living in a in, a, in a, a, a shadow of hell right now. You may be just saying, look, I feel so far from God. And it's, it's miserable. It's miserable. I'm dying. <laughs> some of you may be right now listening or watching this. You may want to blow your brains out because you're experiencing a shadow of hell right now. But that's not the way that it needs to be. Respond, respond, respond. Don't do what I did in that moment and just say, no, that's not for me. The Lord's not for me. This life is not for me. Freedom is not for me. No, it is. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Respond. Respond. We get so twisted. Sometimes we're just like, How can a loving God send someone to hell? He doesn't send anybody to hell. We choose it. May we choose him today. May we choose him today. We have a creator that gives us over to the desires of our heart. And if we want him, we will find him. Jeremiah 29, 13, he tells Jeremiah, he says, look, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. May we respond to him today. His his, 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 his palms were nailed to a cross in order for us to respond to him. When he was walking among us, when he was teaching, when he was performing miracles, raising people from the dead, we did not respond. Our God said, look, if you won't respond when I'm with you, respond when I'm dying for you. I love you. I love you. Respond, respond, respond. And even when the tomb was empty three days later, when Christ rose again, even when Jesus was walking amongst us after his death, Still, there's hearts that don't respond, and that was me for 17 years. I heard the good news of Jesus, but I didn't respond. But it took my heart being broken in order for me to respond. May we respond today. May we respond today. I wanted to end with a song that is just crying out exactly what we're talking about in the moments that we just feel like that we are in the midst of ruins. We feel so far from the Lord. We feel so just broken and broken down that there's still an invitation to respond. May the ruins point to something more and that is a kingdom that this world is not, a freedom, a life that this world cannot offer. May we respond in our ruins today. Heavy heart, you are not a lost cause. I wanted to close out with a song by an artist bebo norman and the name of the song is ruins so heavy heart no matter where you're at today may we know that we can respond to him through that posture of humility saying god help me may we respond today laying flat
3: upon my back all the world in motion Everything goes by so fast, I feel like I'm frozen. After all is said and done, did I fail to mention everything I haven't?